Welcome to Timothy's Austin Conversation. All right, welcome to Modisette and Sons here in Maynard, Texas. I'm here with Ben Modisette. Ben's gonna show us around. He's been gracious enough to have us out here at his distillery. We're gonna talk a little bit about the process of making his amazing single malt scotch. Let's go inside. All right. Well, the first place we come into is obviously our bottling area. Uh, last year we upgraded our bottling line so that we could accommodate more production and with a growing facility, we need a little more production capacity. So we added a little bit bigger line, allows us to do six bottles at once where before we were doing two at once. Okay. Our large tank here is our proofing tank. It's an 1800 gallon tank. Uh, we can usually proof around a thousand gallons at a time in there of whiskey and then proofing it down to desired proof, things of that nature. Gotcha. So what all do y'all make here? So we make two products. We have a single malt and then we also produce a vodka. And so the vodka is set up right now. It's set up with the uh, plastic bottle. The name of the vodka is Plastic Bottle Vodka. It's simple. It's uh, made to be inexpensive but high quality. Uh, what we have over here is our charcoal filter system. So once the vodka is proofed down, we run it again through our charcoal filter system to help clean it up an, an extra time, and then we bottle it. Okay, so this is for whiskey or for vodka? It's for both. Okay. We rinse both. it out between what we're putting in it. Okay, good deal. And, so, and then our RO water system, so when we proof everything down, we use RO water, therefore you don't have to worry about there being flavors added to the alcohol at all. It's just what the alcohol is. So, RO water? That RO water, reverse osmosis. Okay. And so it's clean, no flavors, and it'll come out perfectly clean, and then we proof down um, whichever alcohol, the whiskey or the vodka, to the specific proof. And then with the vodka, we run it through the charcoal filter. Okay, so it goes through the filter, through this <clears throat> line here, yep. into the holding tank. Holding tank, and then that's where it'll pump out and come through. And so when we have the line running, it's all automated up to and then we cap it, set it up here, and then we roll over here to our labeling machine, label over here, and then get ready for boxing. Right so this little contraption is our dump tank for all of our barrels. We'll bring them over, we lift the barrels up on top, and then dump them out into there. We have a small screen that we do to catch the large particulates, and then we run it through our lovely filtration system, which is a two-stage, I believe it's 50 micron, and then five micron. And so that'll take out all of the really small particulates in there. Good deal. And who does all that? Uh, pretty much me and my father do everything. Okay. On the bottling side. So this is truly a family business. It is. It is. Uh, currently we have about 40 barrels, a little over 40 barrels aging right now. Uh, some are empty. Some have water in them holding for potential use later. Um, but and What does the water do in the barrel? It holds its shape. Okay. This one right here is empty, and you can see lines forming in it, and it's all loose. And so it doesn't hold its shape because the water keeps the wood saturated and keeps it full. Inflated, yeah. So, yeah. Well, cool. But we have some in here that are still full from our original. This is all our original batch that we did in end of 2019 was when we did our very, very first batch. And so they've, they've been aging since, we put them in a barrel in June of 2020. We ordered the batch in 2019. Wow. But we uh, put them in a barrel in 2020. And how long will these stay in here? 
or stay aging, I should Well, say. it kind of depends uh, till they're needed. And also we'll keep a couple for considerably longer term just to try and see how long we can get, what it does. So we keep testing them and tasting them. Mm -hmm. We do that about every six months. Okay. We test them and okay. we taste them. So that's something we'll be doing today. We're going to be testing a bunch. These brand new barrels right here are the first ones that we've ever had that actually have our logo on the barrel and everything. It was kind of fun. What we have in here is actually what's called a double barrel. And it's brand new. What we did was we took one year aged whiskey and then that we, it was aged in a used whiskey barrel. And then we put it in a brand new virgin charred barrel. So you buy the barrel, do you have to char it yourself? No, it comes charred from the company. So it comes ready. This is a, what's car, called a number two char and the wood was aged for two years. And so, and then it was charred and we put, like I said, a, a one year aged single malt from used whiskey barrels into this. So we're trying it out, it's a little different. Gotcha. A lot of this yeah. is uh, having fun with it and adding different flavors to the whiskey just by using different barreling techniques. Okay. So the same mash bill is in everything. We just change the flavor profile by putting it in different barrels. And how long on average do you let it age? Um, we are now at three years. We originally wow. released a one year and a six month cast strength, but those there's a very few bottles of those left in circulation in retail places. Mm -hmm. And everything now is three years plus. Okay. And so that's what we were really waiting for. Three year. Um, we can't call it scotch because we're not in Scotland but single malt whiskey in Scotland can't be called scotch until it's aged three years. Okay. So that's really the point where we wanted to get to so that we could be technically a traditional scotch, mm -hmm. but we are just a single malt whiskey because we're here in America. Okay, and is there, so you say single malt whiskey, is there a double malt whiskey? There is not. So okay. single malt whiskey means that it was distilled from one grain in one facility. Okay. And so it was not you have a blended scotch mm -hmm. and blended whiskey means you have two different distilleries, not different grains. So blended scotch whiskey for Scotland mm -hmm. is multiple distilleries putting together their whiskey into one bottle. Okay. bottle. okay, cool. So it's a, that's how you get a blended or a single malt. Single malt is single facility, 100% barley. Blended is multiple facilities putting it together in one. Okay, makes sense. So. Super cool. And so what's the process like getting the whiskey here? You so have we've, we've contracted out. What we do is we have totes. You can see totes around here, these bins. We have them stacked around in different places. Mm -hmm. So we have it sent to us in it's the new make, which is just the clear white whiskey. We have it sent to us and then we barrel it ourselves here. Gotcha, gotcha. What we do is we drop ship our grain that we want used to the facility that we're contracting with. Mm -hmm. We use Balconies in Waco once, and then we use Giant Distilling down in Houston once. Okay. And so we just send them our grain, we utilize their facility, and then the new mate comes back to us, and then we age it here, we'll proof it here, we'll bottle it here. Okay, makes so. sense, I got you. All right, we wanna head into the front room here. Our distributor is ready for a new order. The, We'll palletize it up in here and then it'll be picked up and taken off. Taken off to the liquor store? It will. Okay. And what stores are you in? Uh, in Austin, we're in the Total Wines and a couple other. Uh, totally across the state, we're in 29 liquor stores cool. currently. Yeah. Uh, a few in Houston, Kerrville, Abilene, a uh, couple in the DFW area, uh, Lubbock, Texas, uh, Corpus Christi. 
so different mm -hmm. areas. Uh, slowly Texas, trying yeah. to grow one or two in San Antonio. So, yeah. Great. All right. So what we have here, this uh, copper tubing is called a whiskey thief. Okay. And so this is what we use to take and test the whiskey out of the barrel. So what we're going to do here, what we have right here is our single malt whiskey that is being finished aging in a brandy barrel. Okay. Uh, so it's spent, uh, when did we put it in here? In July of this year. So we're about four months in. Uh, it's been almost full three years. No, it was full three years aging in our used whiskey barrels. Okay. And then now we're putting it in here. And it'll have to sit in here for at least a year. But we're going to see what it's kind of like right now. So we had already used this process before on a special release with the Texas Whiskey Fest. Um, it's, it's the Tejas collaboration with the Texas Whiskey Fest. And so we released a, a small barrel. We only, it was a 20 gallon barrel that we released and it went really, really well. So we got two more barrels this time in the 50 gallon barrel range. We have one here and we have one standing up over there. Okay. And so what we're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna test this one later as well to see how it's doing. So does this thief, does it have to be copper? Yeah, copper is used because you want no added flavors, nothing, and copper is so clean, you don't have to worry about it. Okay, and so didn't know that. It, it doesn't add any extra flavoring or anything like that. You can use stainless steel, but uh, I mean, it's always in copper. Okay. So that's what you're doing. Cool, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's sit down and talk about the, the uh, intricacies of the business and the process. All right, now we're sitting down. We've got all of our whiskeys here in front of us. We're gonna try some. We're gonna talk to Ben about what makes these unique. Each different glass is something different out of a different barrel. So uh, let's, let's jump right into it. All right, so we're gonna start with something new that we are trying out. Uh, we're gonna call it our double barrel. Okay. So it's gonna be this first one over here. So what we did was we took a one year age single malt whiskey in a used barrel and then we put it in a virgin barrel. And so this will be the first time we've actually tasted it. We put it in a barrel just a little over a couple months ago. Uh, and so I'm really interested to see where the flavors are starting to come from. As we've had the single malt before, now we're trying to see if this uh, virgin barrel changes up the profile and gives us something else that uh, you know might be beneficial. Right. Uh, we're not sure what it's gonna do, but you know, hey, we'll be the first ones to try it out. Awesome, so, it right here, exclusive. So this is uh, around 100 proof. Ooh, I like that. Is there a certain wow. proof you're shooting for? Um, Ooh, that's good. Usually, most consumers like something uh, lower proof. There are a lot of people who do like high proof alcohol. Um, your standard proof is 40 okay. for most. Uh, we do not have the ability to chill filter, so we can't go that low. Uh, if whiskey sits around too long at 40, it could get cloudy. doesn't mean anything's wrong with it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a chemical process in there. And so if you keep it at 46% or 92 proof or above, it won't ever get cloudy. So ours will always be at least 92 proof. Okay. And so uh, it's a little bit higher, but uh, not that much. Uh, you put a 
piece of ice in it, the water will dilute it down, and so it'll be nice. But yeah, yeah this is actually, this is actually. Yeah, I really it's like adding, this. It's adding something completely different to it. So yeah, this is interesting. So once again, this started in a charred barrel. But no, in a, in a used whiskey barrel. In a used whiskey barrel, and then got moved into a virgin barrel. Virgin barrel with the full char on it, yes. So not all the whiskey barrels have char in them? Well, the way that they're done is, if they have been used, we received our barrels from Balconies. We took their baby blue bourbon, or baby blue corn whiskey mm-hmm. barrels. So they aged in those barrels for two or three years, and then when they dumped them, we got them. And the first whiskey in a barrel will utilize most of the char. And so gotcha, gotcha. the residual char, we will receive some flavoring from, we'll receive coloring from it, and we'll also receive a little bit of the flavoring of the whiskey that was in it. Uh, but the main thing you're wanting to get is just the oak flavoring out of it. And so the oak flavoring will help soften up the whiskey, um, and that gives you the flavoring okay. of the whiskey. So there's three things that'll give flavoring to whiskey. The grain you use, the water you use, and the barrel you use. So when you mash your whiskey, which is the very first process you do, is which where you cook it. You cook it at about 160 degrees for about two or three hours, and that'll release all the sugars. So the water you use to cook it with, the grain you use, and then once you have it distilled, the barrel you use. That's what gives it all its flavor. Those are the different flavoring options. And so once we receive it here, the only way to change that flavor is by changing the barrel it's used. Okay. So that's why we like to do a lot of finishing in different barrels. Uh, We released this year over at our tasting room in Fredericksburg, Mm -hmm. we released a bottle called the Alexander. Uh, It spent... Two years, it's spent 18 months in a used whiskey barrel and then one year in a red wine barrel. It was a, we got the barrel from William Chris over in High uh-huh. and we used their Texas Mavedro wine cool. barrel. And so it turned out a real reddish color. It was beautiful, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's been a very popular, but we only had one barrel, so it was about 40 cases. And so I think, around there. I think we're down to about. 18, 18 cases left of it. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, cool. So how long has Modest & Sons been here, where we are in Maynard? Uh, we opened our doors in April of 2021. Uh, we finished the construction on the facility June of 20, and that's when we were allowed to start barreling. Uh, we couldn't barrel until the permit for the structure was available. Completed, okay. So, And what's that permitting process like? For the distillery, it was actually pretty easy. It's just a time deal. Okay. But, you know, we got with a good TABC, TTB. TTB is the federal, TABC is the state uh, attorney, and he helped us through the process of filing for all of our uh, federal and state permits. Mm-hmm. And so you have to it, – it's an interesting deal when it comes to uh, the uh, alcohol industry. Uh, they said it's the only industry where five people make money and they're all happy. Hmm. And so you have – the manufacturer, the distributor, the liquor store, the bar, and the government. Okay. So yeah. everybody takes a piece before you buy a glass in a restaurant. Okay. And what's what's the process like after you so you got you know, you got your place. 
getting it to the store, getting it on the shelf. So that's the hardest thing to do. Mm -hmm. So distribution, you have to find a distributor because you technically could self-distribute, but it's extremely hard. You need somebody who has relationships with uh, the liquor stores, the bars, things like that. And so we also have to work really hard to foster those relationships as well. So I go out a lot and talk to bars and I'll go to tasting events and things like that. And so you're trying to get to the consumer and you have to get there by finding out where they shop. Mm -hmm. And then you go to that liquor store and talk to them and tell them, okay, you need to order from my distributor. And then they make an order for me. And so it takes a little while to get to the end consumer. Yeah. So you go to the end and work your way upstream. It kind of, kind of is. It's, it's it's interesting. You're working backwards than what you would think you would do. Mm -hmm. You have to go to the consumer and find out where they are and then work backwards from there. Okay. And so are you, is your main focus trying to get it into bars or into, um, it's both. Um, we have two different outlooks. Um, Originally, we just wanted in the liquor stores because uh, when we were waiting to get to three years, we just wanted to have something out there. And so when we were at tasting events and people wanted to buy it, liquor store. Gotcha. Now we're trying to focus on both. Uh, with the whiskey, we've uh, we've picked up a few uh, restaurants and bars here recently. And so a lot of whiskey bars and a lot of those that want to focus on Texas whiskeys mm-hmm. uh, will pick us up and add us to their lineup. Uh, right now, most everything is just going through liquor stores, though. Liquor but store, okay. like in two weeks, I'll be in Houston at the Houston Whiskey Social. It's a large event, and we'll be there tasting and uh, providing samples. And I even think that you can buy it on site there. Okay. And so there, there'll be a lot of things that we do at those events. This, I mean, and Friday I go up to Salado, mm-hmm. and we do a tasting up there for the Scottish Festival up there. Uh, we've supported it for three years now, and since we do a single malt whiskey, and they're the the official Highland Games for the Texas area, you know, we'll have a lot of people and they've really, really embraced us being a part of it. Mm-hmm. And they look forward to seeing us there and tasting how the whiskey's doing and everything. So it's, it's, it's really nice. That's great. That's great. What made you want to start this, this project here? Uh, in 2009, uh, my father and I went to Scotland for his birthday and we played golf over there. We played the old course at St. Andrews. We played Carnoustie and we played another course right outside Edinburgh called North Berwick. So we spent a week over there uh, bouncing around pubs, drinking single malt. We're both big fans of single malt and everything. And when we got back, we were just, we always wanted to do something together and we were talking about it and kicking it around. And uh, about six years ago, I started making it in my kitchen. Really? And so just the process of trying to figure it out. We saw a video on YouTube of how to do home distillation with just a bucket and a, and a big old pot and everything. Uh-huh. And then I bought a, a, a small five-gallon copper Olympic pot still. And so we started using that just on a hot plate and making it. I mean, it would make the kitchen smell just like you're cooking bread in there all day uh-huh. and everything. So, but we did that for a while and then just decided to go ahead and start it. Um, and we have made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot of things across, along the way. I mean, it, it really is just a process of trial and error. Trial and error, yeah, yeah. So uh, the motto set motto is, is there's always time to do it a second time. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> we may not get it right uh-huh. first time, but we'll get it right eventually. Yeah, that's so. awesome. So, man, that was a long process going from 2009, and we're sitting here in 2023. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been, we've the company was formed in 2019. So, but uh, to be honest, a good friend of mine who owns Still Austin, Chris Seals, was uh, really instrumental in helping us get things together, giving me a lot of insight in how the business works and setting it up. Um, when we opened our doors, he was like, I don't know how you did it, man. It took you eight months from when I talked to you and you're now open. I was like, 
We didn't want to waste time. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a process and we, Mm -hmm. you know, we really did try and do it as efficiently as we could. Yeah. So, so what makes this different than, you know, your, your normal whiskey that you just go buy in the liquor store? So single malt is different from bourbon because of the ingredients. Mm -hmm. So bourbon is really prevalent in Texas. Uh, bourbon has to be 51% corn. Okay. And so it is allowed to be, I believe, four different types of grain, but it has to be 51% corn. And then the remaining could be rye, barley, wheat. So it could be different things, mm-hmm. but it has to be at least 51% corn. Okay. If it's 100% corn, it's not a bourbon either. And that's just a corn whiskey. So okay. there's different, there's kind of different regulations in what it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the federal government has just recognized American single malt whiskey as its own category. And so that's something that is new. And, and that one, it just has to be 100% barley, uh, has to be produced in America, aged in America in, in, from a single facility. Gotcha. And so that's a new designation that we now have as a marketing tool for us to say that we are an American single malt whiskey. Okay. And that just happened within the past year. So. When you say whiskey, bourbon, scotch, rye, all that. They're all whiskey. They're all, okay, so they're all whiskey. That's the parent. Yeah, everything's whiskey, but not everything's bourbon. Gotcha. It breaks it down. Yeah. And so single malt whiskey has always been spelled with just the Y. And that's... Okay. And so when bourbon came into play, they wanted it to be EY. And so American whiskeys usually will put the EY. We don't. We just use Y because... We wanted to make a traditional scotch, but in Texas. Gotcha. And so we kept everything the same that they do over there. That's why we use used barrels. A lot of American single malts use virgin barrels. Hmm. And so we always wanted to start traditionally and then kind of experiment with the barrelings. Gotcha. So gotcha. that's why we will try one that was in just a virgin barrel, but we don't do that much of it. We only have two barrels of it. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of things that, you know. We so, like to do. So to be called a Scotch, you got to be made in Scotland. It's yes. got to be made in Scotland. Got to be made in Scotland. And does that mean you could make the like the raw product in Scotland come over, bring it over here? No. Nope. Everything has to be done there. Yeah. And it's interesting. You can make cognac in Texas and call it cognac if you bought the product from the cognac region. They allow you to actually keep using the name. So we can make hmm. a cognac in Texas. Like we have the licensing that where we could import cognac and bottle it and call it cognac, but it was produced in Texas or like it was bottled in Texas. Mm-hmm. So like tequila, tequila is the same way as like scotch. Tequila has to be made and bottled in Mexico to be called tequila. Hmm. Then you import it, bottled, labeled and everything uh-huh. over and then you sell it. Huh. So you don't actually produce tequila in Texas. You can have a Texas tequila, but it comes from Mexico. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, what's, what's next for Modest and Sons? Uh, right now, we are looking to actually combine our two facilities. We have our Freshburg Tasting Room and we have the facility here in Maynard. Uh, we're looking to combine our facilities into one. Uh, around the Austin area, uh, we're looking you know, in the uh, outlying bedroom communities, uh, but we'd like to stay in the Austin area, a little higher uh, population center. And we really want to find a place where we can kind of become the local hometown distillery uh, and we're going to be adding in there a new facility where we actually can make our own whiskey. We'll still need to contract out to keep our barrel numbers up, 
but we're going to start making some of our own product outright at the facility. And we'll do a special series where it's just that, and it'll be probably tasting room only and things like that. But we're looking to add where we can have like a food truck in a nice outdoor area. Okay, yeah, yeah. Currently, when we're in Fredericksburg, they won't allow us to have a food truck there, so it's a little tight. So you so, have you have a location in Fredericksburg? We do. We have a tasting room over in Fredericksburg, right on Main Street. And so. Oh, cool. Very cool. How long has that been open? Uh, we opened in February. Oh, recent. Yeah. Good so, deal. Yeah. All right. Well, what's next on the line here? Next, what we have is our single malt that was aged three years in used barrels, and then we switched it over to a brandy barrel. And these brandy barrels came to us from Andalusia down in uh, Blanco. And so they're brandy. And so we're, it's only been in for a couple of months, but we're doing it. This will be the first time we're testing this one as well. Kind of okay. see where it's going. And what, what's, what's the difference between brandy and the rest of your products? So the brandy is made from wine. You take wine okay. and you distill it and then age it in a oak barrel and that becomes brandy. So you're distilling wine. We have some over here. We're going to try out, uh, in a couple of months and we're going to try and make our own brandy. And so, <laughs> Uh, we have some used barrels that we can uh, open back up and then uh, put it in there. So we're excited to see how that goes. All right. But, well, so cheers. this is uh, right. so it's the this is our Tom Roy is what it's called. Tom it's, Roy on yeah. the shelf, right? Yeah. Okay. I like that one too. Yeah, they're all high proof because we didn't water them down. Mm-hmm. So what's uh, where does Tom Roy that name come from? That's my dad's name. Okay. So. Yeah. Good deal. All right. And so is that something he wanted to do is make a brandy like that? No. Just, I just told him we're going to call it that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> rolling with it, huh? Yeah. Alexander is my middle name and my grandfather's first name. Gotcha. And so uh, we did that. Um, being a family name, being it called Modisette and Sons, uh, you know, my father, me, and, and then I have two boys. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we kind of got the name for the distillery. And so we like to kind of keep family names for our special releases that are really special. Okay. And so the Brandy Barrel, the Mavedra, those are special. We have a Madeira Barrel that's going right now that's about ready. That'll be another name for us that we'll probably use. But when we're sticking with the single malt, we keep that. Uh, the first run that we use, which is the Virgin Barrels, mm-hmm. that one is just a little bit different, but it's not something that we really wanted to showcase the family on. So. Uh-huh. So how do, how do your two sons play into this? Uh, they're both currently in college, so not much. Okay. They've helped out a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, my oldest uh, spent some time helping out with the tasting room uh, during the summer. Uh, youngest has helped bottling over time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And do they have plans to work into this? or Not this currently. Is... Okay. So they're looking to do their own thing, which is fine. There's yeah. no for them to come over. But if they ever wanted to, yeah, we'd have a place for them. So. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. This is good. So are, are you from Austin? No, I grew up in Kerrville, Texas. Okay. So uh, I moved to Austin the first time in 1995. Okay. Spent a year here at ACC, uh, went back to tech for a couple of years, and then came back in 1998. And then uh, was here for four years, moved away for a year, moved back for a year, moved back, moved away for eight years, and then moved back in 2012, and I haven't left. Gotcha. So I've, it's been home for me since 95 to an extent. And uh, yeah, you've I, seen I, keep come, I keep coming back to it. Uh-huh. So I was like, I, no matter what, I always come back here. And so when I moved back in 2012, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. What What about Austin made you keep coming back? I don't know, to be honest, really. I We would come over from Kerrville, a mm-hmm. couple-hour drive, uh, 
when I was a kid, we'd come over, I'd come with friends, we'd do some football games or baseball games or basketball games and things like that. And then when we were looking at colleges for myself, I wanted to go to UT, didn't get in. Mm -hmm. Uh, My best friend was here, so I didn't like Lubbock so much. I came to Austin for a year, tested out, went back to kind of get my grades up and everything, and then finished up. I ended up graduating from St. Edwards. Okay. So, oh, it's good. Okay, so you're yeah. right down the street. So, yeah. Well, good deal. Yeah, I know Austin has a big breakfast taco scene. What's your favorite breakfast taco? Uh, to be honest, it's not in Austin. Really? Oh, gosh, no. Where is it? Uh, it's over in Kerrville. What's Mary, it called? Mary's Tacos. Mary's Tacos. So, yeah. that it's. I know how everybody has their... I'm more of a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. I like eggs, beans, bacon, cheese. Beans? Yeah, I don't want anything fancy in it. I don't want fried chicken in it. I don't want all this other stuff. Uh-huh. I just want a plain old breakfast taco. And that's Mary's and Kerrville. Mary's and Kerrville, yeah. Well, good deal. It's really good. Good deal. Are y'all on social media? Where can people find you? Uh, we are. We're Instagram, Modest and Sons. Uh, our website is just modestsetandsons.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have the ability for everybody to buy all of our products online and have it shipped directly to your house. Oh, super so You can cool. ship to 41 states. Texas is one of those states. Good so, deal. Good yeah. deal. So if you want to try some out get it shipped to the house you want to try the rest of these we are so this one right here is just our straight single malt okay so this would be technically a cast drink single malt but this has been aging since june of 2020 so we are now what does cast strength mean cast strength just means that you when you take it out of the barrel you don't add water to it okay so it is high proof mm-hmm. um what are we looking at here this will probably be 130 plus okay. on the proof. All right. Uh, most of these right now are kind of, this one was 100 because we know what that one was. We actually proofed it down. Uh-huh. Uh, this one was probably going to be in that 130 range as well. Oh, wow. So these are all going to probably be around the 130. Is this your so. flagship product? This is ours. Yeah. It's okay. black label. Mm-hmm. So This yeah. is like what you're known for this is working what we, on? Yeah. This is what we try to get out to the restaurants and everything. Good deal. Oh, yeah. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good flavor. I, I, I do like it. Yeah, you definitely taste the, the proof in there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anytime we, somebody at the taste room gets the cast strength, we always make sure to let them know, you know, when you're at home, always put that one on a rock. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, when you add proof down, you can drink it and eat. It's fine. You know, 92 proof, it's not that big of a deal. So. Yeah. Now that, that was good and wake you up a little bit and then this last one we've got here this one is the one that is aged in virgin barrel so this one is on a brand new barrel with all the full char flavor and everything uh it's been aging for a little over a year about 14 months so is that what so since that's a virgin barrel it's got that fresh char in it that's why it's darker that's why it's got that darker color on it okay yeah good deal let's give this one a go Ooh. You get a lot more piney notes in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. They're all good. Um, so what kind of wood, and I heard you just say pine, what kind of wood are these barrels? They're all oak. They're okay. all oak. It's just interesting. When you char it, it opens up different flavors. You'll get a lot of vanilla with the char. That's a lot of standard ones. Sometimes they say maybe a cinnamon or something like that. But mm-hmm. But you'll get a lot of different floral notes, like, and that's kind of this last one. It was kind of a piney floral note on it that that really opened up in my nose. And people smell different things, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
and different palates will taste things in a different way. So uh, somebody once said, you know, asked my buddy Jake, you know, well, how should I drink whiskey? And he always says, well, the way you like it. Yeah. That's how you drink it. Yeah. It's like, you want to put Coke in everything? Put Coke in everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, you want to drink it straight? Drink it straight. You know, however you like it is how you should drink whiskey. Don't let anybody tell you you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because you can't. You heard it here from the whiskey man. That's right. Good deal. Any uh, notable barrels that are like special or? Well, the ones that we, I have over there that we're going to do next, they're the two right over here. They're Madeiras, which is, uh, uh, we got those from William Chris. And that's, Madeira's kind of like a brandy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fortified wine product. And so it is, uh, it's about ready. Um, we barreled that June of 22. So. Okay. And it's been 15 months in, or 16 months in that barrel. I know y'all can see this barrel right here. Why is this one darker than... So that was one of the barrels that we got from Andalusia. That's the brandy barrel. Gotcha. And we got that one from uh, Andalusia. And they Andalusia, is that another brand or... Yeah, they're they're a distillery that's in Blanco. Okay. And they only make brandy? No, they make they make single malt whiskey there. Uh-huh. Uh, they make a bourbon and a rye, I believe. Good deal. And so also, I see you've got the plastic bottle of vodka over there. How does that play into your business? So when we were starting the business, we were just going to focus on single malt. But we also found out that a lot of people who go to distilleries are drugged there, and they don't like whiskey as much. So we added a vodka so that you would have other people available to have an option that wasn't just whiskey. Gotcha. And so it also allows us to have uh, another product line. It, you know, it helps with the, the bottom line. It helps it bring in more cash flow, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And it's a considerably cheaper product to produce. And so vodka, yeah. Our our uh, half gallon handle of our vodka at Total Wine is fourteen ninety nine. Oh, good deal. So it's a very inexpensive, uh, very clean vodka mixes, and you don't even know it's in there. So. Good to hear. Do you have any future plans to branch out, like beyond vodka, maybe gin or? Not at the moment. Gin was one that we looked at because you have the capabilities of just taking our vodka and infusing it with the aromatics and um, making a gin with it. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I, I would prefer to, if we do other things, is really explore the area of brandy. There's not a lot of brandy being made in the States, and I think you know adding that could be of value to us because it's still a process and it's still using the barreling and, and things like that. So, And it's a market area where there isn't a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, single malt whiskey is the of the whiskeys is the smallest demographic of whiskeys. I think when we started, there were only 70 distilleries where there's like 1,200 bourbon distilleries gotcha. in America. So a little more so, niche. I mean, yeah, it's considerably smaller. Uh, and it's a growing field too, though. So it's definitely getting looked at by potential uh, investors, potential uh, buyers, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's definitely, it was fortuitous for us mm-hmm. That that's what we wanted to do anyways, that it now is becoming an area where people are really starting to explore it. Picking it's up, really yeah. looking at it. So yeah. Do you have any like would you ever wanna have investors come in or you oh, like of to course. keep it? No, no. No. In this business you constantly have to be adding investors, you constantly have to be growing, you constantly have to be looking uh, to add because marketing is so 
so important. Mm-hmm. Getting your name out there, getting it on everybody's lips. I mean, Tito's is the best example of taking something small and making it the largest thing in the world. Yeah. And that was 100% marketing. He just got out in front of everybody and it became a household name. You don't go and order a vodka, you go and order a Tito's. Tito's and, and soda, so yeah. It's just that kind of deal. And, it, and the thing about it is it's a business that takes a lot of money mm-hmm. just to get your word out there. But it also can generate a lot of revenue mm-hmm. as well. It takes those numbers to get there because you got to cover hard costs and things like that just to get to a point. But once you do, then the margins are so nice mm-hmm. on alcohol that you can actually really pump out that uh, marketing dollars and get it going. But it takes a lot to get to that point. Okay. Um, and we're three years in. Uh, we have a great product. We've won a couple of medals on our whiskey. Oh, cool. Uh, we'll be adding... Uh, we'll be adding a bunch of tasting or or competitions this next year because we have our three year and that's what we've been waiting for to really push out there. Gotcha. We just sent out a couple when we were in. We picked up two golds and a silver. Really? On our one year. So, yeah. Where at? Where, what's uh, the... the Denver International Spirits Competition, we got a gold. The 50 best under the single malt category, we got a gold. And the American Craft Spirits Association, which is one of its you know our industry uh-huh. they have an annual meeting and in 22 we got a silver medal uh for our single malt there super uh, cool so that was really nice for us because that was your own industry voted on that one mm-hmm. so that one we're actually more proud of than the two golds because that one was our own industry yeah on it. And, and as so, a young brand and as a very young brand so it was, it was pretty big and so when we add our our uh, three-year and some of our finishes we'll be able to really start getting a catalog of those hopefully of mm-hmm. some of those medals and everything. So, so you've got your, we're coming up on three years here. Are you going to leave any in longer than three years? Uh, our intention is to keep some going for as long as possible. Okay. Now, it's one of those things is you don't know when it's too long. Until it's too Until late. Until it's too late. Okay. So you're going to, and what you'll do is, that's why we kind of taste it every six months. Mm-hmm. So if you're just tasting them every six months, you can get an idea because if it turns, you're like, okay. We need to go back. That's the, that's where we need to finish. What would what would turning be like? What would, Mostly, it's just where the flavoring. You lose a lot of the flavoring if it's in the barrel too much. It's too oaky. You don't have enough of that barley flavoring. You don't have the the and it ends up getting too oaky. Uh, it can happen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Doesn't always. So mm-hmm. it just kind of depends. It, it, and it really is just trial and error. Gotcha. So you just got to taste it and see how it's doing. Okay. So besides this product, besides your own product, what is your favorite whiskey if you're going to go out? And you're in the middle of nowhere. They don't have Modest and Sons on the shelf. And you're like, man, I need a bottle of whiskey. So I'm pretty crazy in the sense that I love really peaty whiskey. What does really that mean? Pe- so peated whiskey is, in Scotland, they don't have access to wood a lot in certain areas. So mm-hmm. on the Isle of Skye, they, they do peat, which is mm-hmm. grass mud bricks okay and so it's pretty much bog water area and they go and they cut out sections of the land and it has grass and mud in it they dry them out and then they fire them up and then it smokes the barley to malt it which you have to malt barley before you can actually grind it and then mash it so what it does is you smoke it to heat it up and then the kernels will just crack they'll just open and that germinates it so it'll allow it to make produce sugars and so they'll smoke it with this bog water brick and that's called peating it huh and so peated single malt whiskey Mm -hmm. 
has a real smoky flavor to it. And a lot of people explain it as it tastes like a Band-Aid. Smells like a bandit. Okay, so it's an interesting deal there. I love it. Yeah, I like weird, weird flavors like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So if I was ever out and I couldn't get ours, I'd always get a Lafrog. Lafrog. Okay. And that's peated whiskey. I've yeah. never even heard of that before. Yeah. So your space sides, your Highlands. Highlands have a little bit of peat in them. Space sides have none. We really wanted to stay with a space side style, which would be your Glenlivet, your Glen. Uh, Glen Meringues, your McCallans, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, your Glen Fittics. So those are what we really pattern ours after. Huh. Peated whiskey. That is a new one for me. Yeah. Well, Mr. Monset, I really appreciate you having us out here. For sure. These are awesome. Um, I hope this your brand keeps going, and it sounds like you're on the right track. We'll, we'll stay tuned to see where it goes, and we might even make a trip out to Fredericksburg or if we've got a location going in Austin, we'll we'll come see you there. Definitely. Love to have you out. Yeah. Thanks again. Right, appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Please remember to follow and review.